0: Hello, and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. We're going to look at the Famous Artist Course, Lesson 3, Composition, How to Make Pictures. I've been looking forward to this discussion for a while. A little bit of a different episode of uh, Cartoonist
1: Kayfabe, but one I'm eager to dive into after we look at Red Room, Ed. Trey, paperback, man. For Red Room, the Antisocial Network is coming out uh, November 9th, 2021, man. A uh, 208-page book, going to collect uh, the complete four-issue mini-series of... Anti-social network with 70 pages of extra stuff. We're gonna do a big video of this, man. But I uh, just flipped through the first couple so you could see that there's like lots of extra artwork I I built for that. I spent the summer working on this thing, Jimmy. And uh, on top of the the issues, there's a lot of extra material in here, like uh, you know, lots of dozens of uh, extra art pages and shit like that. <laughs> I love that Uncle Gary's publishing this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's gonna be coming out. November 9th. Get it at your local comic shop. If you pre-ordered it from Fantagraphics, you should get it it by uh, Christmas. But um, if you're seeing this video after that date, when the book is available, they instructed me to send you to Amazon if you don't have a good comic shop in town because Amazon bought half the print run. So we got to make sure that that disappears if there's ever going to be uh, a reprint of this comic, man. So, Red Room, The Anti-Social Network. Go to my link tree in the description below this video. I'll take you to the link to the Amazon. But obviously, check with your comic shop first, man. Get it there, if you can.
0: Congratulations, uh, Ed, man. This production is great. Like, yeah, the comics look good, this feels really good. Yeah,
1: yeah, it turned out great. It's the best book I've made. Awesome. What do you have, Jimmy? I have The
0: Plain Janes, just in time for the uh, shopping season for the young adult reader in your life. This is my 500-page shoujo manga about a group of high school artists who board with their uh, little town, start making public art and uh, create quite a problem in their in their local community. So 500 pages of their adventures making art and making trouble in their small town. You can get that wherever you find books and comics, such as comic shops or online at on Amazon. And you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where you can download out-of-print zines and minis. You can see my original art scripts and process for how I make Plain Janes, Street Angel, Octobriana, and much more at patreon.com slash jimrug. But we are here today because I read an essay that talks about Alex Toth taking this course in the late 40s and early 50s, at least the first couple of lessons, and talking about it. And I believe that this is where a lot of his uh, what I love about Alex Toth, you could
1: learn a lot of that in this lesson. Jimmy, uh, I really appreciated cracking this open from my big box of uh, my big Xerox box full of uh, these these course books, man. And the insecurity that I felt inside (laughs) as I went page after page after page, I felt like they were scolding me. Because, uh, you know, I'm comparing the the lessons from this with the latest pages that I've, you know, just recently drawn and just seeing how I could make my my stuff so much stronger if I just kept this kind of stuff at the front of my thoughts. man. So this is an episode for makers. Uh, you can never know enough when it comes to um, the art of picture making, man. Like you can never you if you have the hubris of thinking that you know it all, you're fucked, man because there is so much in here, packed in like 10 pages worth of stuff, man, that I directly was able to apply to my work and just saw visible results in an instant.
0: These are neat documents. They are, you know, both of the famous artist and the famous cartoonist courses, because they're taught by pros. You know, Albert Dorn is one of the artists credited in this chapter. We talked about him in the past with some of his cross-hatching marks and things like that. Uh, so you get like, real people who are making a good living doing this weighing in on how they do it um you know very quickly composition arrangement of the objects in the picture and uh, i think there's stuff that even a writer of comics could learn from this you know every picture starts with an idea and my scripts are super loose it's just so i know what i need to get on the page yeah but that's essentially it like i'm i'm figuring out the objects i need in that panel or in that page and uh, you know, that's my idea. And then it becomes like, how do you put those things together? And that's what this this is all about. And I'm gonna kind of jump ahead pretty quick here. I'd highlighted some stuff, but I'm trying to think of what we actually need to get into the illustrated examples here. Um, you know, I mean, that's basically the premise, right? Yeah. Is, figure out what you need to put on there and then figure out how best to arrange it. And right away we have a couple of lovers in the park and different approaches of close up, long distance, medium shots, and then these notes on kind of like, what does this mean, you know, as a reader, what are you taking away from, you know, a close up maybe shows you a little more personality, uh, long shot establishing scenes, you know, like there are all these different techniques that I,
1: I don't know. I don't know if I've ever learned this formally. So it's kind of neat to have it laid out like this. Absolutely. I, I could see myself revisiting this exact thing very regularly, like just rereading it a whole bunch, just keeping these thoughts and ideas at the front of my mind. Maybe the second that I feel st- the least bit stale or uh, I've been laying out my comics like all at once, so almost doing Marvel method coming up with my, with my bullet points, knowing what needs to be on every page and then just going in every day, designing a page. The next day, design the next page. Do going through repetition in that way, you, you you run the risk of a little bit of complacency or something. You read this in between, you're making man, you're gonna f- figure stuff some stuff out. And just with these images, like you can infer your own ideas. Like this could be, you know, a bit like a a mugger point of view or something. Like there there there's so much. I'm a visual learner, you know, and the visual examples that they they give us every step of the way really aids and abets the, the, the sort of points that are driving home to us. By the way, if this is your mugger point of view, the
0: next panel, you know, revealing that, that becomes like the magic of comics, yeah. where it's like the juxtaposition of two images.
1: This could be a, the best day of their lives, or it could be the worst, based on what shows up in the next image. It's fun, man, like like this is like the science of comics, that, that is just the, the magical thing, man. Uh, I, I said it on one of our kind of like weekly shows, where it, we were coming home from uh, from, the first spx i went to with you man and and you just said like you know you can't argue with bulletproof composition and and i mean that's the stuff that we're we're talking about here today it is interesting how subjective this all seems right like i'm drawing a
0: picture you know if, if you drew the same picture it would look totally different but there are these pieces that like we all see the same thing you know if, if it's done clearly yeah uh so this is pretty fun you know showing these elements of like a western you have the two characters in a tree and then arranging them in different ways and again like what works what doesn't and why they're really clear about that kind of stuff like talking about balances of the page where things overlap um talking about tangents and lines so one thing that's interesting here is this
1: is hard stuff to talk about and somehow they make it very very clear because of the visuals speak because it's like the very simple thing like here's a rock here's the picture the I love frame, this one yeah you know here's a sailboat and now let's let's arrange these things man like it it looks a little unclear here but like it looks like everything stays the same size but it doesn't you they shrink things up and it's 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 even more clear right here and one of the things i I think one of the things that i don't always have at the front of my thoughts whenever I'm, i'm making a page is like i do think of in terms of focal point but i don't often think in terms of picture dominance or something like the dominant object, like in, in a, a, a picture. And that's not always the same thing. Like, right. like it could, it, it like, for instance, like this, this is the focal point, but this is a dominant piece of the image. And I don't think in those terms all the time. And this, uh, this lesson re- has reinforced that point into my mind, man. And now And now it's like, it's in my brain when I go back and design more pages
0: i love the like i like all three of those compositions you know for for different purposes of course but also same with like well woman a doorway a little uh, coffee table and a lamp and same deal like i think all three of these compositions are interesting for different reasons and i mean so dramatic this to me
1: is your alex toth you and know, like is, we could point out the toth compositions in is, here but this is the toth amazing this is the Ditko. <laughs> and that's like the Klaus. Wow. Damn, <laughs> dude. That's really great. Because like, you could even do this. This is the dynamic, like, you know, this is Kirby. This is Chris Ware. <laughs> and then, you know, this is some jobber, some mid Carter. <laughs> I hate to do it, but I was going to say Paul It It feels so cinematic,
0: you know, like we're zooming in on this boat. Something's going to happen on this boat. <laughs> uh, Austin. Oh, you know what? I, I did highlight on the previous thing. The pencil is the artist's thinking tool. It's just language that's in there, but I thought that's really fun. And the idea is do these quick sketches, you know, work this stuff out, figure out your elements and then do a couple of different variations. So here we're looking at the uh, four main elements of composition. They give area, depth, line and value, uh, area being like a dominant Element, you know, based on size ed that you were talking about with that rock on the previous page, depth obviously, Um, and this has come up a lot. Like trying to make it look like there's there, you know, we've got a two D image, but try to make it look three dimensional. Um, Interesting, Klaus Janssen. When we talked to him, that was something that he mentioned as a limitation in comics and trying to figure out how to create that feeling of depth. Um, Line is uh, it could be an outline of something, you know, like literally, but it's the way they're using it is directional, and that's where your tangents can be a problem. Um, you know like that really stood out to me because like you're coming in on a horizon line or something The idea with the line is to control what we're looking at to create that point of interest And if you've got tangents running off of your panels
1: it, You get into all kinds of a mess. Here's here's the thing that that should be said. We should have set it up front and uh, like You always hear that term arts and sciences with an amber sand in the middle. Man, art is not science so th- this is like a consensus agreement about about like what makes good, good pictures, but you will find fault. Like you will find hypocrisy in, in philosophies of of this sort and you got to pick and choose the stuff that, that you think is best. Uh, and I say that because like having that foot touch the end, like that could easily, that could take, you can make the argument that that takes you out of the image.
0: Yeah, it's true. You could look at it like this.
1: Yeah. Like, so, so like that is a tangent, you know what I'm saying? Uh, in, in terms of the composition, they try to make the argument that, you know, it's, it's keeping you in the thing, man, but you, nothing, none of this is perfect because it is not science. So I want to say that upfront, just so that it, this doesn't seem so overwhelming to, to the it makers is true. out there. It is true. And it's like, even,
0: uh, you know, comics add one more element in that possibly the best composition isn't the best answer for your page or for the story that you're, you know, telling in that moment. So, you know, these aren't absolutes, of course, it's but a, they aren't bad to be uh, in your head as you're like sort of putting it, especially if you're doing layouts. You I, know,
1: I saw you bristle when uh, Klaus Jansen said he wasn't part of the Toth School man. <laughs> yes, no, yeah. of, of picture making. It made, where, made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, uh, you know, the focus is on like making beautiful pictures, but but maybe it's not. The most exciting, its exciting to an artist because you look at that like, oh yeah, man! Like uh, Jack Kirby wouldn't have done that right there. That's pretty sick, man. It still looks fresh.
0: These are some strong uh, directional devices, though, and especially like this this ledge. Oh, I mean, totally. it's almost an arrow pointing at your guy there in, in the in middle.
1: F- in photography, like they tell you to like look for those like hard angles that that push toward uh, toward your main focal point. I enjoy doing that a lot in comics. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's eyeballs, building
0: perspectives, you know, whatever you can find to sort of like really emphasize. You the point you want to emphasize so uh, picture area this is what you were talking about again a couple of pages ago on your on the size of Objects that are in there and they go through and they kind of talk about what what are you getting out of this? You know like let's see the same image super close-up super far away And you know in this case there's nothing else there So it's just a matter of how much emphasis do we want to put on it? Maybe it's important to see an expression so you do something closer uh, but once you introduce like a second element then it changes completely you know like this guy is clearly dominant compared to the person in the in the far background here less so and obviously pretty much the same weight because of the same size and
1: and and uh, like it just sells you on like you know this is this is boring like have a little bit of depth like you're 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 fighting nature to try to create a 3D image on a 2D surface so you're really fighting against yourself
0: monotonous the word they use for it so yeah c- c- kind of boring if that's uh you know, on itself. By the way, occasionally you want boring. You know, when you're drawing a ninja or an assassin or something that's sneaking into the page or into the scene, and you don't want your reader to to focus on them, you can use these tricks. Yeah. You know, if you're doing a mystery comic, like you can do a lot of sleight of hand, knowing how to make your image or your element be not the uh, not the dominant piece or have a boring a boring moment and direct the eye elsewhere. Um, Varying your sizes, you know, again, basically your picture area, and then some of these examples of how that may actually play out in a real. Uh, drawing a real il- illustration and again like you see this stuff and it's hard for me not to think about Alex Toad Oh, you know, yeah, like, just interesting depth of
1: field there with your windmills in the background the big mountain shape the, the black pushing the foreground elements so that there's no mistake that you better be looking at that little barn house or whatever that is
0: Yeah, yeah, it's some really good like natural framing within a, within a panel with some of these
1: shapes when we start getting into the overlapping <laughs> this, now this is the stuff that I personally struggle with a lot man and it could be like you know say say there's like like you know carpet bombing dropping missiles from an airplane or something like do you space out all the missiles like do you overlap them and if you do do you have to like have the you know the the missile completely go through another one as they're going to, to like show the tip of the like like I struggle with that a lot it's like when you're trying to draw a piece of chaos, there's some sort of like natural like arrangement that you start to build that like prevents the it's divorced from chaos like you're thinking in terms of clarity and stuff and it's like how how do you overlap things properly to like get a natural composition. These are extreme examples. You know, these are like clearly like, yeah, don't do that. You're a <laughs> fucking, you're getting kicked out of the Hubert school. You draw some shit like this. But yeah, get your tracing paper out here. And just put a red <laughs> X on this one. <laughs> but uh, you know, you could, you could see the point of, uh, of what
0: they're doing here. I, I love these kind of So this is, you know, this is your cropping stuff too. Everything is visible. It's not overlapping. And then here a little bit more interesting because we have both cropping and some overlapping elements, same with these two. I think you, you know, there is an intuitive element, right? How much does it overlap? Where is that crop going to happen? But it's so interesting to me just to see, like, this is the no overlap, no crop. Uh, I've, I've seen panels like that. I've, I've seen I, comics that look like
1: that. I naturally go this place, but I acknowledge that, you know, in spite of like whatever's in that frame, cause that's whack, you know, like that, that fucks it up. But uh, I acknowledge playing with the s- sizes and stuff like that. Like, I acknowledge that I like this more yes. than I like that. Yeah, and it's pretty much
0: what they're saying. You know, this is a little bit more interesting. You're having these these shapes interact with themselves. One thing that this all reminded me of, and I'm going to go back here to the, the monotonous uh, panel. There is a... Uh, there's a form of comics that have become popular where it is, they're, they're talking heads comics, yeah. and it's just repeating these same kinds of compositions, and it's why you need this kind of stuff. Like, find ways to make that interesting, you know, whether it's moving a, a figure in front of something else. You know, it, it doesn't have to be these elaborate image 90s kind of splash pages to make a comic or a panel or a composition interesting, but do something. Mm-hmm. You know, be
1: conscious of this stuff, and don't just repeat the same kind of static thing over and over it's this kind of stuff that was making me super insecure where I was like looking at my uh, other my pages that I just did over the past you know month and stuff and I'm just like fuck! I wish I would have read this before I really launched into things because I'm I'm thinking that I'm doing the right thing and and after looking at these examples I could see how I could have made uh, just more dynamic, more interesting looking, looking uh, drawings.
0: It's funny because like I like both of these panels, and they're critical of both. Right, this one's bottom heavy, this one's top heavy, Same. and and obviously, but I like them. You know, like they're interesting for those reasons because so few panels are built that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've seen Jerry Moriarty paintings that are this way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and definitely design. Like you can almost imagine your 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 space for type. Exactly. To go right into these into these spaces. That's
1: the other thing. It's like a cartoonist. Like like that. We don't abhor that negative space because we just know that you know Stanley will come <laughs> in and write write a dialogue bubble. Same deal here. You know, you're not supposed to put everything on one half of your panel.
0: I, same as these. I don't hate that. <laughs> But probably if that's all you did or you did it over and over I would I would certainly you know object to that over time um, a, a faux pas here is everything's the same size. So yeah. they're all competing for your attention This is a pretty classic idea and that's um, Don't overlap your shapes to where you obliterate what the shape is um, We talk about that a lot, you know Like if you want to study your character design fill it in in silhouette and see if you can identify the figure that kind of thing Batman always the great example of that but this is kind of basic stuff in that if this were all silhouette, you would still recognize it's a guy leaning against a tree. Maybe not over here. Yeah, that's funny to me. That's a crowded panel. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Nothing's overlapping, but it's all squeezed in. These little exercises. So again, you know, putting everything on one side or centering things. Um, you know, be a little bit off center. And and again, like you said, Ed, these aren't rules exactly. But if you look at popular images, you're going to find these things being done. Yeah. So not rules, but, but, but decent practices, you know, don't just center stuff. Don't make it all symmetrical. And then you go Wes Anderson's entire career would be canceled if, I, you know, <laughs> if we couldn't do symmetry. Um, but you see how boring it is to just like line them all up, no overlap, do a little bit of overlap just to make it more interesting. Uh, Norman Rockwell going through this uh, you know like let's now take a real image and apply these kind of principles Which is pretty fun to do so you see the, the main shapes that are making up this composition and then pulling those out You know if you're gonna have a dog that's cropped a little bit make sure the dog features are visible, right. you know Let's see its face its muzzle its tail the things that make us Identify it as a dog make those visible.
1: Yeah, and you see that it's gone all the way through you know like that is an important thing for me like I had this like panel where there's a guy on the ground at this level f- super foreground just legs feet coming towards the guy and I could see that like there was a way for me to build his figure much bigger if I just had the courage to overlap and like have have uh, his feet kinda of finish off in between the feet of one of the guys that was walking towards him you know so like that's what I'm saying like you can apply this stuff to your own comics making directly, and Rockwell's a good example because, uh, in terms of illustration, like, his compositions are studied to death, man. Like, he's he's considered to be a great, uh, com- composer. Yeah, it's, it's great
0: to see this stuff, too, because,
1: like, there's nothing extra.
0: You know, he's not putting, uh, he's not, he's not... We talk about adding detail, you know, to cover up maybe poor drawing or whatever. There's nothing extra in his. Like you really can break them down into into a couple of components and then it's a matter of arranging those components. Neat to see them as shapes, Yeah, you know. Um, They all read, you know, like clearly that's still a dog, uh, even if you get no information except for the outline. All right, so, uh, you know, moving through like each of these elements now, thinking about depth and how do you create depth in your two-dimensional picture. And uh, to what effect? So, you know, in this case, it's almost like we're right up against this action because of where this first figure is placed. And, you know, you can see variations here, it's further away, but if you want a tense situation, put us close to that. You know, like you would not want to be in this position with these two guys pointing guns at each other and, and having their, uh, their showdown. So, um, you know, dramatic effect to create that depth and figure crop both top and bottom, you know, like you really are like up against it
1: you see that he is on a horse, you know, like you you could crop it so much that you you don't get that piece of storytelling information. So it's, it's a, it's a good blend. Yeah. And again, show us some variations, talk about what we're seeing in those variations.
0: And this comes down to that idea again from the scripting in the beginning of like they're talking. So they've got to be close enough to have, to be in, you know, in in sound range of each other. Whereas like, that's one of the failures of this. It's a very dramatic composition, but you don't get that, you know, back and forth, 10, tense interchange because they're so far away. So um, you know, I think that's uh, for a writer out there something to consider. How much information do you need what's important? These guys are confronting each other. You need them to be within uh, shouting range at least.
1: And the overlap is so clutch to me, like in this piece too, because I just know I wouldn't do that. I would ha- I would have this horse over here and, and like crop it crop it or you know have it reduced enough that you would see the complete horse tail and shit. Because for some reason I thought that that's the right thing to do, but like going through this course book, it's clear that that's that's the smart move right there. do you think the
0: reason you wouldn't want to crop is because you think that's a shortcut like oh, I only have to draw half the horse if I put it <laughs> behind the other horse
1: I, to some extent for some reason i just I just I acknowledge that I have misinformation in my mind man and and it just felt felt wrong to me like I'm being honest with myself here like like I know that I would like push him over more because I maybe just in, in, in academic discussions when it comes to picture making, it's like, if you have the room to do it, like do that. Like, you know, if you have the room to, to get the full horse in there or something, you just do that. And, and I look at this image and I'm like, no, this is, this is stronger. It creates that depth much, much better. Um, it does it puts them in the same space
0: it does which emphasizes the uh, you know like the tension between the two yeah um I asked you about you know if that's a shortcut you're afraid of making because I have a list of those yeah like, for myself yeah, no, I and I'll see images and it'll be like man I wouldn't do that because of you know I, I think it's I don't want to cheat the reader and then it's like but I love this panel so reevaluate I've go done
1: that a lot in the last decade go to the cartoonist Fape spread shut Shop, uh, what would Alex Toth do? <laughs> is 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 the shirt that's become our, our biggest hitman, uh, as seen on Brian K. Vaughn at New York Comic Con? Uh, shouts to Brian. Um, that's the thought that would come into my mind, like, like when that idea of like shortcut or whatever. That's what I'm talking about when I see the Toth panels or the Jaime Hernandez panels, where they come up with this insanely smart, truly clever way of getting information across that I know I would have uh, just been, you know, quote-unquote, detail-heavy. The example I gave in the weekly where, where we were talking about it was like characters in a pharmacy, and I'm drawing every pill bottle, Jimmy, <laughs> right. hating myself while I'm doing it, <laughs> thinking that I know that Alex Toth and Jaime would have figured something much more economic and smarter and more beautiful out than, than what I'm doing right here.
0: That's so funny. Um, moving on to line, this is uh, you know, directional devices and kind of giving us an indication of how those work within a panel, right? You, know, you have a white road that's going to be a line that appears to your eye, uh, you know, same with like a white sky like this, having lines going off your page. Um, it's interesting. You know, like, this is one of those things that I think is, I don't want to say intuitive, but I feel like if you do this right, reader's not going to notice it. You know, it's when you do something really egregiously wrong here that this becomes more apparent um but again when you do it right it's the reason we celebrate alex toth and not you know i don't know who somebody else somebody
1: that we don't know because they don't do it well i thought you were gonna go put a card on the table i I was going to i was trying to think of the
0: bookworm the guy the other guy that drew bookworm nick cuddy (laughs) i couldn't remember his name (laughs) um you know but it's it's a subtle thing right like where are your clouds does it make a difference and you're not going to buy or sell a comic based on this but if you do everything right,
1: it, it does add to the experience. Here's, here's the rub, Jimmy. And here's where we get to the place where, like uh, you see it most often in uh, student filmmakers, where they learn a concept and they directly have to apply it to their thing. And it comes off so pretentious, so awful. See, I'm being triggered here, dude. Because like when we learn <laughs> yeah. this kind of stuff, now everybody's page is selling you hard <laughs> on every focal point. There's pipes yes. in the foreground pointing to this thing, man. There's branches. Yeah. Like like you can overdo it. For sure. You could totally overdo it. Be subtle. Let this stuff pop into mind. Draw your picture. And if if you can imagine, like, oh, well, maybe I'm drawing this tree, but maybe a branch kind of like goes this way or something. Just do that. Grace notes, man. You could get overly pretentious. This is this is the stuff that we would be getting into. Where, uh, in terms of the whole page comp- composition and stuff, like there will be discussions about that. And now people are thinking that they're being clever, and they're creating tangents with the next panel just because they're trying to create these directional. You could, you could really fuck, this This is high octane shit we're talking about right here. You know
0: what's real interesting is, like, if this were a four-panel grid, suddenly this becomes this road, a great directional device into your next panel. Yeah. So, yeah, the pages, pages do add, uh, do complicate this, uh, for sure. And like we said, in, you know, a minute ago, Wes Anderson breaks most of the rules we're talking about and is considered a visual you know, visual director. So, certainly, you know these rules and then you play with them. It's not like uh, every panel needs to adhere to all of these things. Um, So back to uh, using line. This is just more examples of those directional devices. And I think like some of these examples, it's pretty clear that, that, you know, this is much more effective than this one. You know, there's definitely stuff that's pulling you away from the action in this panel compared to, oh, okay, we're going towards each other here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that beautiful frame,
0: you know, this one I think is less obvious. This I'm not going to argue that this this isn't the
1: best of this group, but I think it's a little bit less obvious than like like this one to me stands out as being like, yeah, clearly. Yeah, this is more about the overlapping of of stuff than than just, you know, the 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 lines.
0: Right. And by the way, if these two are on the on the brink of uh, separating after 15 years of happy marriage, maybe this is the panel you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um,
0: and then finally value uh you know fairly self-explanatory high contrast is going to be your focal point usually whenever it comes to value and this is giving you some options of you know what's a line drawing look like what's this composition look like minus the value so you get a line drawing or very similar value this is what i used to see in my art classes is um we would do so many charcoal drawings and it's like there'd be a middle kind of a middle area for everybody that was doing just these mid-range grays and that's where i started to appreciate contrast because like the drawings that i'd be like wow that drawing's really good they were the ones that were pushing the value and you know you could go to extremes and think of something like frank miller sin city where there's essentially two values on the page but uh, i'm always a big believer in like push those values um you know I, I when in doubt push the value contrast a little bit more um again that's not always the answer but this is something I would see a lot of people do, and when it's like make something pop. When
1: Please, you, you know, make a choice. When you see when you see the the guys who are great, man, it's so fun. Like like the Mignolas and stuff, where it's like stacking black on white, and just like yeah. arranging these curly, beautiful shapes to just get some black behind something that he wants to stand out as white up front, and you could you could learn a lot. And and you know what many people have, man, it was like a whole. Whole culture of There's m- been a generation of, uh, yeah, at
0: least one, maybe two generations. You know, the other place to look are like the, uh, the black and white silent movies. Like those guys could compose in black and white. Yeah. So I think uh, Mignola probably has learned quite a bit in terms of black and white from those movies. But, you know, we can learn that those same lessons. Like you can go back and seek those movies and see what I'm talking about. But kind of uh, illustrated here in terms of, uh, in terms of this course. And that's basically the wrap of this chapter. Uh, You know, a couple of more examples here, whether it's showing, you know, value, uh, motion lines, uh, making a figure pop against a relatively complex landscape there. So avoiding tangents. Yeah. You know, a couple of examples of that. Um, But pretty great. 20 pages and uh, there's your crash course in composition. Like that gives me a lot to think about. This was the second time I went through this course and I think there's a lot for me to apply to my own work, and I think about this stuff, but you know there's there's still uh
1: there it's it's not obvious all the time, so so much uh it was a pleasure to go through this man i gotta have a lot of self awareness when it comes to making your comics uh you gotta be honest with yourself, man, and as I'm going through this, looking through my shit, I could promise you I'm gonna have stronger compositions uh as as I move forward. And I'm going to keep this, uh, you know, by the side of the drawing table, perhaps even have this video in my in my bookmarks. And I inc- encourage other people to do the same because uh, you could do far worse in your drawing education than go through this uh, famous artist course. Plus, I, look up these artists and then whenever you go meet Howard
0: Chaikin at the next convention... You'll be able to, to, to speak a little language to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I see us I, I foresee a time man where there are cartoonist kayfabe videos where we just go through this stuff and actually like uh you know, participate in the assignments, man. Let's do the Landon course. Let's do the Landon course as a as a comics uh cartoonist kayfabe community and and check in once a week or something like that. Eventually. That's a pretty interesting yeah. idea. Yeah. Uh, but right now, we have our own comics to make, man. Uh, Faber's like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. What do you have out there, Jimmy? Join me on
0: Patreon.com slash JimRug. You can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics. You can see my original art, sketches, layouts, scripts, how I make the comics I make, like the Plain Janes, Street Angel, Octobriana, and
1: much more at Patreon.com
0: slash JimRug.
1: Red Room Comics in the Wild, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit, The Red Room Anti-Social Network Trade Paperback in stores November 9th. Go to your local comic shop. Scoop it up. If you pre-ordered from Fantagraphics, you should get it in time for uh, the holiday season. Uh, And if you're seeing this video after the book is already out, you don't have a good comic shop in town, you gotta hit up Amazon. uh, Boost those numbers there. They bought half the print run of of uh, Red Room because they know about the Cartoonist Kayfabe audience, man. Uh, so they know that we have a big presence online. Uh, if you want to read the comics ahead of time, uh, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash edpiscord. These links are in my link tree in the description below this video. You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find
0: Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise like the What Would Alex Toth Do t-shirt that we
1: mentioned earlier this episode. Given those margin orders resume, we're going to be on our way. Make more comics.